Hey bitch, it's Asti and Britt. Welcome to Turned On and On Purpose. If you want to have your pussy purring and dripping in cash and looking to create your empire, then bitch, you're exactly where you need to be. It starts here. Hello. 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 From the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going? Oh, life is just swell. I've burnt my face. I look like a tomato. My bank account's been hacked. So I can't money. <laughs> Chaos. Love it. Wild. Giggling and smiling. So it's all, it's all good. <laughs> Love that for you. I I obviously was in Byron last week. Laugh my way through the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can do. <laughs> oh. And you've been forced to work today against your will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I Well, I, I was like, well, I've just got to do some of this work and then whatever. But I had to do gardening, guys, and it's the first time I've ever gardened and I felt like a full-on homeowner. I, I killed some weeds. I pulled out all of the weeds. I, what's the word? Like I swept up leaves. I was a very domesticated goddess today, I must say. You're such an adult. I know. And now I am in bed pretty much naked doing this. So life is good. (laughs) So good. Balance. So we are going to mix things up a little bit today. I think we were going to do another Q&A, but we kind of are. But we're just going to interview each other. Yeah. So... So, so, how this is going to work is I'm going to interview Asti um, all around her business, how she started, how she got here, all the things, because this is going to be our final two episodes of the year. And I'm like, oh my God, let's do like a behind the scenes, which I fucking live for. So that is how we are here. And yeah, going to be yum. I love these kind of interviews too, because it's so easy to look at other people in business and think that their success just like happens straight away because you don't see the struggle. You don't see the behind the scenes. And it's so easy to think that everyone just goes from like starting a business to like, hello, making 200, 500, however much, however much money a year. Um, and like a flash, you don't really see the backstory. Serious. You are going through struggle and you feel like it's not working for you to realize that you're in the same position as every other business owner because it's the same bullshit that we all go through and we all experience. Exactly. And there is literally like there's what's the word? <laughs> there is no such thing as an overnight success. Mm. The people that are in overnight success, network, no people, all the things, they don't actually fully show you everything. So this is where you guys literally get to see behind the bullshit and probably see yourselves in our journey. So it's like so beautiful because it's like, it totally will remind you that everything is going to be okay. And holy shit, these girls went through this. So of course I'm going to be fine. So yeah, it's going to be fun. They can do it. If we can do it, you can do it too. Amen, honey. Okay. Asti Marie, Asti Pasti. Tell me, what was the year that you actually decided that you wanted to be a coach? So 2017 was the year that I did my coaching certification. Oh. 
What made you like what made you decide to do it though? So it's actually something that I've been thinking about for ages. And I don't I think it's like something that I was always interested in was like teaching female empowerment, especially like sexuality, sexual empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I always like knew that I wanted to help people in that area. But I also like couldn't really see myself going to uni. Like I just didn't fit there. And I think really what I did is I just like stayed open to that being a possibility, but I didn't really know the how. And then one of my friends sent me the link to Layla's. It was the first round that she ever did, the sex, love, and relationship coaching. Sent it to me and she was like, hey, I think you need to do this. And then it's like everything just fell into place. Okay. First of all, that's so wild to know that you did the first ever round of Layla's certification or whatever you call it, because it's like seeing then her own thing. It's like where she's at now. That's expensive as fuck. Yeah, it's wild. Oh my God. Okay. So 2017, you decided to do it. How long was the course for? It was a year. Well, technically it was a year, but I think I got my certificate like a year and a half after I started. Wild. Okay. So then whilst you were doing that, did you start your business or when did you actually start your business? So I, I think even before I had... Well, technically I started my business after I completed the certification. Like I didn't make any money in my business until after I had that certificate, but I'd already started like growing up my following. Right. I knew that I wanted to do something. And I was speaking a lot about female empowerment through my experience as a stripper. Mm-hmm. So it was easy for me to be like, oh yeah, I started my business in 2017, but really, or like the end of 2017, but really, I'd already begun to grow a following before that. Mm. And I think I had, I don't know how many, like over 10,000 followers, maybe more. So it still wasn't like I was starting from the very bottom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You had a good baseline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, interesting. Okay. So you were a stripper still in 2018 and 2017 whilst you were doing all of this, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then in 2018, well, when was the moment where it's just like, like your coaching business was really starting to take off? Like, when did you fully see this start to happen? I didn't really put that much effort into it the first year. So I think like the end of 2018, I had like a few little like one-off clients here and there. And then I decided to get a coach to like really push me. Yeah. And even like I had a coach for six months and to be honest, like I put so much effort into that six months of like doing all the things that I should be doing and writing all the Instagram posts and all the back end like email funnels. And I think that's when I created my first ebook as well. I was pretty much just like doing everything that she told me to do because I was like, okay, this is what she's done. She's successful. Obviously, this is what I need to do. Spent so much time and energy for those six months doing all of this. And I feel like it's still, no, I'm going to backtrack. I was going to say, I feel like it's it didn't actually support me. It did. It just took longer than expected to see results. So I was like, cool, I'm investing in a coach for the next six months. In six months time, I'm going to be so full. So we have all these clients, but it wasn't actually until after I stopped working with her that my business began to grow. I think I just needed time to like um, take in everything that she had taught me mm-hmm. and also like tweak a few things to really make it my own. So, Okay. I love that you're saying this because what my experience is not learning from someone exactly their
makeup working for you that was pretty much almost exact opposite of what she was telling you to do. You just yeah. broke out for it. Oh, wow. Wow. Love that. And my mom just called me. <laughs> okay. So what I was saying was she was telling you, like, do this, these few steps. This is what created my success, X, Y, Z. And then when you decided, like, on the other side of being in a container with her, what actually worked for you that was so different to what she was telling you to do? Um, I think the biggest thing was when I was working with her, I was just focused on getting one-on-one clients. Mm -hmm. Like in my head being like, okay, once I get, I think I was saying like, once I get 10 clients, then I can like fully quit stripping. Like that's how I'm going to run my business. Um, And I was so like, I had such a like narrow vision on how I thought my success was meant to be through those 10 one-on-one clients that I, felt like I actually began to like block myself off from any other opportunity. Mm. I actually ended up doing um, a Gene Keys reading with somebody and he was talking about how I have to be careful not to become so narrow focused and like goal driven because I could end up like pushing myself into a dead end or pushing myself in the wrong direction. And he was saying, you really need to learn to wait for the invitation. Um, I think that's like for most projectors right we need to wait yeah. instead yeah. of pushing forward so like hey I'm really going to practice this I'm just going to let go I was like fuck it don't even need these 10 clients I'm just like letting go completely and then that's when opportunities began to open up so uh, that's when I began to open my mind up to like other possibilities and the ways that I could run my business like doing more in-person stuff and like hosting a retreat I think that's when I created my first group coaching program when I started putting more energy into building up the pleasure treasures, mm-hmm. but not only was it me like changing my direction, me letting go of that goal actually opened me up to opportunities where people were actually coming to me and like giving me opportunity to like, I think I flew to New Zealand and taught a workshop there. And then I was flown up to the Gold Coast to teach there um, and invited into like other collaborations, which was amazing. Yeah, that's so wild. <laughs> Just to see that, it's like as soon as you actually was like, okay, I am going to let go. I'm going to allow it to be what it is. And because you're working so in unison with your like actual makeup as a projector, like I keep, I always say this, like you're such a poster girl for projector life. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I like, honestly, I was actually saying this to someone today. I'm like, I, I can do like the most calls in a day is like two. And yeah. then like for me, like Zoom fatigue is, like such a thing <laughs> like oh I, find, I find not coaching I love coaching if I'm in person I feel like it really like it gives me energy mm. but if I'm like on zoom I don't know why I just find it more exhausting but like so now I'm like how how was I gonna do like 10 one-on-one calls <laughs> <laughs> actually that is so funny hearing that like what she was telling you to do was like get 10 one-on-ones because who I know you to be 10 one-on-ones that would stress you the fuck out and you'd be like oh my god no I just wouldn't enjoy working that way like yeah yeah. um and I think also what was happening in that coaching container is she was putting like deadlines on it like you need the 10 one-on-ones by this date right so it was really like I had to like hustle for a particular like deadline and like hit all these goals and targets 
And that was just putting me under like even more stress. So mm-hmm. showing up on sales calls, it wasn't like how I am now where I'm like just sharing information. And then usually I'm just like, yeah, take this information away. Think about it for a few days. Like, let me know it's all good. Like I'm not like in such like scarcity mindset where I'm like afraid to let somebody go. Like showing up on sales calls there where I was like, oh my God, I need to get these 10 one-on-ones. have to like prove to my coach that I can do this. So part of me even felt like I was doing it for her as well, right? Because I felt like under so much pressure. But just letting go of the need of that and just like, yeah, not being so attached to it and bringing a sense of ease around calling in clients without that timeline, without that extra pressure, allowed things to flow so much more easily. It's so crazy as to how much like people really put a time frame on it. Yeah. Okay. So your coach gave you a deadline, right? But ever since then, have you ever been giving yourself deadlines ever since? No, not really. So how I work now is like, even if something quote unquote fails or like, I'll give myself like kind of targets, I guess. But if it doesn't go to plan, it's not like, I don't feel like I failed. It's just like, oh, that's cool. That didn't work. But I know in the grand scheme of things, in the bigger picture, I am successful. I'm always going to be successful. And the money's going to show up regardless if it's through that avenue that I was focusing on or something else. So like, if that doesn't work, I'm like, cool, that didn't work. That means it's going to flow from somewhere else, right? And I'm just like, I mean, this year really, really tested me to practice surrendering and just trusting the process but now I'm just just in like this constant state of like trusting like it's fine it's all gonna work out (laughs) oh my god actually yeah Asti is the girl who was like if I come to her in my moment of humanness where I'm like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing she's like babe it's okay it's gonna show up it's fine like that is like so you and you're so embodied in that and I really think that that is so delicious because it's so easy to get swept up in the bullshit and tell yourself that you're failing and all the things, but you're so quick to be able to be like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's going to show up. It's just going to be somewhere else. Yeah. And I think as well, like some of these lessons that have come through for me in my business, I'd already kind of tapped through, tapped into a little bit in stripping because it's the same thing. You're working for yourself. There's no um, salary. You don't know when the money's coming and you're just like, continuously surrendering and trusting and also I was really pushed into that lesson as well it wasn't like I yeah yeah into learning that lesson (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I want to quickly talk about then what are a handful or maybe just one or two Things that has happened in your business that you could have deemed a failure, but you decided that it just didn't work and you pivoted. The very first thing that comes to mind is my first group coaching program. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why are you laughing? (laughs) Because it's just like the fact that your first group program felt like a failure or whatever. It's like everyone feels like that. Um, well then it's funny because this has happened again just recently. So my first group program, no one signed up and I was like, oh fuck. Oh, no, actually I think one person did. And then I was like, well, it's not really worth my time and energy. I mean, actually saying this, I feel like, yeah, if I was full in my business, I would have been like, cool, I've got one person. Let's rock, rock and roll. Like I'm going to fully support her. 
but for me at the time it was so hard to see um any point doing that because I would compare everything to stripping and then be like well I'm not gonna like coach this one person for this much when I can just go to the club for that night do you know what I mean I was always like so yeah my first coaching program I saw as a failure because I ended up canceling it but then it's funny because that happened just recently right I was going to do 40 days 40 nights and there wasn't enough women in there to make it worthwhile going ahead with and even though I canceled it it didn't really feel like a failure so much this time I guess because I've been through that already well uh, you can probably even look at it and see that you've just gone through start to finish through a cycle in your business and now it's like okay perhaps this is the beginning of the next cycle so it's just like you've repeated a similar thing that happened at the beginning and perhaps this is the beginning of your new cycle <laughs> maybe who fucking knows but let's clear that shit but yes I like this new cycle starts with a quote-unquote failed coaching program Oh, well, there is just so many things that like, quote unquote, fail. But the fact that you don't see this as a failure, it was just like, it just wasn't serving me, I think is really big. So in terms of stripping and your business, in which ways do you think stripping actually held you back, if any, of going into your business? So first of all, obviously, it's like the money. I don't want to say it's easy money because you do work quite hard um, and it does take a toll on like your mental health and your relationships and even like your sleep patterns and everything. So it is hard work, but you're almost guaranteed to make quite good money. Mm. It was my, like my safety net. And you know, you're like, you need to coach me through this and like letting go. Of that. <laughs> but it was so hard for me to let go because I was like, like I was actually so over the work hated like the repetitive conversations I didn't feel like I was getting anything out of it anymore like it no longer felt like exciting or empowering or anything like that it was just like that safety net of knowing that the money's there and also hard with stripping because other people when they leave their full-time job to go full-time into their business it's like a really clear cut line like you have to go in hand in your resignation it's like a final day all of that with stripping you can go in and quit and the next day you can change your mind and just walk back in (laughs) (laughs) no contract so like you can make the decision to leave but then even after you leave it's not like fully done you're still kind of like oh but do I want to go back do you know what I mean yeah yeah but I did it like it took me like I was like so many baby steps for me to leave like I put my shifts down so I was doing like four nights to then like two and then one and then even after I left I knew I wasn't going to go back to the club but I did a few privates afterwards um and I remember my friends asking me if I wanted to come do a private with them and I said no and it was like quite good money as well but I said no and felt so good in that decision I was like oh my god I've made it like I've finally (laughs) how many times did you go to quit stripping I've only really quit once like okay. I've only quit the club once. Yeah. I only really, I mean, to be honest, I would still do private shows now. Yeah. I just don't want to do any while I'm dating. So that's like a conscious de- de- decision that I'm yeah. right now. Yeah. Love that. Love, 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 love. Yes. Okay. Like on the side note of that question, the other thing that made it hard is, like growing up, I based a lot of my worth on my looks. Mm. 
was so easy because even if somebody like turned down a dance or they weren't interested, it didn't really like cut that deep. And I was like, I don't care, like you're lost. Like I'm not this fuck, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't like really get me down. Whereas like growing up, I guess like, like growing up dyslexic and being told that I couldn't do certain things or like, I never really, like I question like my intelligence and my worth around that and my ability to like show up as a coach. And so if people didn't sign up to work with me, I took that more personally. Like that felt more like rejection than it did in the strip club. Wow. That's actually really interesting. So do you feel like that was maybe one of your biggest things that you had to overcome in order to get where you're at now in like your coaching business? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But that's like, I feel that's like a huge piece that's like affected so many areas of my life, I think. Yeah. Placing all of my worth on my looks and my ability to like give sexually. Mm. I think even like through intentional celibacy, I healed a lot of that because before that period of my life, I had like no guy friends. Yeah. I'd be friends with guys because I just assumed that they just wanted to have sex with me. And it's only really been like this year that I've formed like closer friendships with men, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Learning. Love that. <laughs> okay. So talked about your failures <laughs> and what you thought was a failure, blah, blah, blah. What are the biggest successes that you have had in your business? The biggest successes? Mm. I don't know if like, there's not like a dollar amount that comes to mind. I mean, like, it's not really about the money, but I think like for me, what makes me feel successful, especially this year, like this is the year that I was like, oh my gosh, like, my business actually gets to support me. Yeah. But I had to like, went through all that, like losing my brother, had to like change everything, cancel everything, book flights back to New Zealand, go through quarantine, take months off and not worry about money. Like for me in that moment, that was me feeling successful. Mm. Yeah, I really love that. Yeah, just feeling like super held and supported. Like my business, my company is working for me. Yeah. Not working nonstop for my company. Oh God, hashtag goals. That is actually it. Like to be able to just like step away from it and know that you're so supported still. That is just incredible that you've been able to create that. Yeah. And then the other thing as well that comes up is the pleasure treasures. So I always said, and this is, I think this was my motto last year and I'll say it all the time. And people always thought I was ridiculous for saying it, but it's worked. So look, he's laughing now. But every day (laughs) I'd be like, the less I work, the more money I make. (laughs) Literally. Like as time's been going on, that's actually been happening, like making more and more money, working less and less. Um, So I'm like super proud of the pleasure treasures and actually building that um, constant income for myself, passive income. Mm. Plus now I feel like I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, now I got there, but I've got like so much time that I'm almost a little bit bored. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do with all of my time? Help me. I'm brainstorming. I need to start a new company or something now. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. So in 2019 would be the year where you were really starting to truly be in your business. Is that right? 
Yeah. Okay. So what is one thing that you wish that you changed, maybe that you didn't do, or maybe that you did do in 2019? Um, I don't know if I'd change anything because I had to go through everything as I did to learn everything that I needed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Then what were your biggest lessons that's allowed you to get to where you're at now? I think for me, it was like mostly just like believing in myself and knowing that I'm enough. So like just to show up fully mm. my message without doubting myself. I think like a lot of that was like just learning even just to like speak on Instagram stories and like just sharing a post without fear of judgment. Like a lot of that stuff came up for me at the beginning. Really? Like, yeah. Well, just like, yeah, learning to own my message. Has, has your message pivoted at all? Like from the, when you first signed up and did your um, coaching certificate to now, has it, pivoted much or has it been really quite like consistent and you like so embodied in that one aspect I mean it's pretty much the same it's kind of fluctuated I think at that time it was about like owning your desire and being a desirable woman and then I went more into like sexuality talking about orgasm and now more like dating stuff but it's all very similar and at the core of it then what is like that one overarching, completely encapsulating thing that has been unwavering? Oh. I think it's just like guiding women to come back into their bodies, like Mm -hmm. reclaiming their sexuality. I think that's the one overarching thing. Totally. Feminine. Absolutely. You in all of those areas of your life. Yeah, I love it. Yummy. Mm. <laughs> okay. I have like all, it's like, okay, where can I go now? What do I, what do, what do the people want? Oh, actually, okay. Give us a breakdown roughly around the first year in business, how much money you made, your second year, because I think this is really important that it's not just all of a sudden zero to 100, zero to six figures. It's like, what was the journey for you? Um, so last year or the tax year that just finished, I made 200 K. Holy fuck. And then the year before that was 100. The year before that was 50. So I've gone, it's like doubled every year. Oh my God, that's so sexy. Yeah. Okay. So, then- so this next year is going to be 400 K. Ah, yes. I love that. This year, there's going to be 400K. I like it a lot. <laughs> and it's not like, yeah, it's nice to see that pattern. It makes you feel safe knowing that it's, it's growing. Things are evolving. God, yeah. And that's such evidence, not only for everyone, but even yourself. It's like, well, fuck. Past projections have shown that I literally have doubled my income every year. And you know that to be true. So that means that you get to double it <laughs> from here on out. In two years' time, Asti you'll probably make like 800 to a million dollars. Hell yes. Hell yeah, motherfucker. The same, the same self-doubts and limiting beliefs around money come up regardless of how much money you're making mm. or how much money you have. 
like I have like savings in the bank now, like more than I have in like probably since when I bought my house. But still I have days where I'm like, oh my God, where's, where's money coming from? Like I've got to create a new thing. Like it still comes up. I'm like, it's so wild. Like I think we did, we spoke about this on one of the calls in the Turn On CEO. It's like how abundant you're feeling isn't actually a reflection of how much money you have. Because then there's also been times where I look at my bank account, I'm like, oh, I've only got like a few thousand dollars. And I'm like, it's okay. Everything's perfect. I'm like not even stressed about it. And feeling so abundant, like you're just like, oh my God, everything's fine. But then it's just like, you can have all the money and then you'll be like, holy fuck, and just- what's next? Yeah, what what's going to happen? Totally. Okay. So what is then, what is something that you do have to keep coming back to, to overcome? Like, what is your kind of kryptonite that really kind of floors you or flattens you in your steps, um, if at all? Um, I mean, with that one, with the money scarcity, like we talk about this all the time, is like coming back to the like, it's okay, like money's going to keep coming, it's going to keep coming. But I always remind myself to come back to that embodiment and that sense of trust and surrender before I feel like I need to. Mm-hmm even when you have all the money in the bank account or you're making all the money still stay in that. Like, it's okay. Money's coming and it's going to keep coming. Yeah, definitely. That is what you're really good at actually. (laughs) And that you always remind me of. I am really good at that, but I do feel like I always like, I guess I kind of question what I want to be doing in my business, but it's, it's okay. Cause you are allowed to like switch and change. Like I do change what I'm doing a lot. Like now I'm doing like love and dating, which I didn't really speak about at all before. And like also business has such seasons, like where it's like you're in your growth cycle, you're in your harvest cycle, then you're in, you're like enjoying everything. It's not like you have to be constantly going, doing and creating. It's like, it becomes quite like this beautiful cycle as opposed to if you are constantly still trying to grow and like create and do all the things like your old coach did, um, you'd probably be just constantly burning out every like couple of months. I know. I know. And I think I've gotten to the point now where if I'm hustling, I can like fully go in and like full hustle and like create all the content, do all the things. And then when I'm like taking time off, I don't feel guilty about it so much anymore. Whereas before I'd be like, Oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be writing a post. Yeah. Learn that I can actually step away and like, have time off Instagram and like not be showing up and my business isn't going to just disappear. I think we're afraid of like taking time off and people are going to forget about us. Mm. So I don't really have that guilt anymore. Yeah. I love that. So moving like into the future, what is it that you're feeling into? What's going to be for Assie Marie PTY LTD? So I, I really want to like focus more on growing the pleasure treasures. Like I would love to get them into stores yes and like really building that building like my affiliate marketing team as well um but like the coaching side I'm not sure I feel like I'm just taking it like one step at a time with that and still I don't know I feel like even like a few years in I'm still like finding my footing and figuring out how I want to show up and serve because it just keeps changing (laughs) yeah and as well like let's not forget like you had a very big year this year of a lot of trauma where it's like you've had to hold yourself before you can hold others so it makes sense that you're like finding your footing again in that space in whatever capacity it will be 
and I think it's changed a little bit like I thought that I wanted to be like really big and even the way that I've been showing up online is like I think I this is another thing that I thought that I had to do because I'm a lot of coaches speak about like being open and sharing your story and being really like vulnerable because then people can connect with you and I did do that and I used to share like stuff that would come up in my relationship my personal life and now I'm actually at a point where I'm like I actually don't need to share all that stuff like I have firmer boundaries around that now and I'd like to keep more of my private life private yeah and yeah so that's a little thing that I've like tweaked recently I find that really interesting because when you're in the beginning like like you just said everyone's like connect through vulnerability blah 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 and yes that's really important but it's like is it everything and especially depending on what you are doing and creating it's like are you there for information, education, inspiration, or are you there for like, what are you there for? And that will change over time, like with what's happening in your cycle of business. Yeah. And I think as well, especially when it comes to like dating and relationships, I think it's kind of like a dangerous place to be when people start like posting their relationship and putting it up on a pedestal because then your partner almost becomes a part of your brand. And then it's just like, I feel like it gets, a little bit messy so I just know that's that's my private life that's for me and I show up more to sharing like information and tips and tricks I love that because that's so true like if fuck you know of a lot of brands well people that have really big followings and a lot of it is based off their relationship and then it's like you find out that their relationship ends. you're like what is life like you like really question everything it's a lot of pressure to hold. All what they're showing isn't full. Full, yeah. yeah. It's only a little aspect. Yeah. Interesting. So is there anything that I haven't asked you that you feel like you really want to share? I don't think so. Just like, I guess the biggest message here is like anytime that you feel like you're failing or it's not going to work out, it is, right? Yeah but also in those moments know that you don't have to keep pushing forward because you might end up doing what I was doing like pushing forward into the wrong direction or pushing into a dead end which is exhausting and then you just become so tired and give it and give up completely but when you get like feel like this and you feel stuck and stagnant give yourself permission to actually just stop and surrender and take some time out and pivot a little bit to find a new direction but don't put any like timelines on it don't put any yeah well for me listening to all of that my biggest takeaway is don't let someone tell you what to do allow someone to support you in finding what works for you like that sounds like that was like the biggest thing for you when you found what fully worked for you even if it was just that one-off reading with that gene keys person knowing like how to work with your makeup like I think that's incredible I got more out of that one session than I did the six months. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I think a lot of people will get so We work for ourselves because we want to design our own reality and create the way in which we want to work. Then why would you like step into your own business and then do it someone else's way? You might as well be working for somebody else. Oh my God, totally. The thing is, it's really important to seek mentorship. 
it's really important to find out how they've done it and blah, blah, blah. But please don't ever feel like that other person's direct makeup is going to essentially work for you. That's not what it is, but they get to teach you things along the way. And as long as you're deeply supported, that's really like the main part of it. But find your groove. It's going to be very different to what mine looks like, to what Asti's looks like. And don't make yourself wrong for it. Mm -hmm. The support's the biggest piece. Just having like someone there on your team, like your own little cheerleader, like, yes, girl, you can do it. Like, this is going to be amazing, right? We all need that. Totally. I shared that on my uh, IGTV the other day, like a few things that I did wrong in business. And like, literally it's like, I have actually never felt supported in any coaching container. So I'm like, you sure as shit best believe that when I coach and I'm in someone's energy, you're going to feel so supported because I know how important it is to have that. I Yes. I love our little brainstorm sessions. But after I talk to you, I'm like, yes, I can do anything. <laughs> I'm in this. love it well this was our second last ep for the year crazy very exciting um so yeah we'll see you guys next week oh actually we created a little thing oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is our black friday sale slash end of year sale um we put together all of the guest speakers that we had in the Turn On CEO and uploaded them into an online platform so that you can get access to them um, as the replays. These guest speakers were amazing. We literally died into, died, dove into like everything that you need in business from like just permission to show up and stuff around like money and accounting and marketing and design, like all of the things. It was everything. It's literally all pieces. It was energetics. It was healing. It was like, yeah, the permission. It's also the action and strategy point. And I think it's so fucking epic and it should be in everyone's toolkit for their business as well as Asti and I. But anyway, start there. (laughs) Yeah, we got heaps out of it. Yeah, fuck yeah, we did. Taking notes and like crying and like all of the things. Oh my God, yeah, it was (laughs) life-changing. So, yeah, you'll find that in the show notes. Yeah, enjoy. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. That's a wrap, bitch tits. If you want to be in on the juicy conversations, then be sure to join our Facebook group. Turned on and on purpose. Until Until next week. week.